0: At first, I was just calling him and just feeling terrible for him. But it hit me on Easter like nobody can stop us from going outside his room and holding up signs and singing and stuff. So my whole family, my four kids, the dog, we all went and just like held up a He is Risen sign and I brought the hymnal and we just sang outside and hollered up to him. Other people came to their rooms. And so after that Sunday, we had done it because it was special because it was Easter. But then last Sunday, we thought, you know what, let's just go back. Let's just do it again.
1: Welcome to Along the Way. I'm John Matarazzo, your host and fellow traveler. Thank you for joining me along my way as I try to become more like Jesus every day. During the coronavirus lockdown, I reconnected with some of my former guests from Along the Way in a special series that I'm calling The Quarantine Checkups. I recorded a lot of these conversations, but before I released all of them, my TV production work picked back up. So now I want to finish releasing these conversations from during the height of the lockdown. This quarantine checkup is with my friend Shelly Nies, the author of The Copper Scroll Project. If you are new to Along the Way, all of my episodes can be found at alongtheway.media. And you can like me on Facebook and follow me on Instagram. Now let's see how Shelly is doing. Shelly Nies, it's good to see you again. We're both stuck at home, and I know you uh, haven't had a chance to go digging in Israel anytime recently. But uh, the last time we were together, we were talking about The Copper Scroll Project if there's anything going on with that, I'd like to talk about that. Really, the whole world shut down right now with the coronavirus stuff, and I want to hear how that's been affecting you and your family and uh how have you been? You
0: know, it's funny because I actually in my own goofy way, I brought the copper scroll to uh, to our homeschooling experience here at home. So. Okay. We started a street school, like there's two other families on our street and we're just kind of committed to like still being in each other's lives during this time. So we, we do a little combined homeschool sometimes. And so around Easter, I decided like, wouldn't it be hilarious if, in in addition to an Easter egg hunt, (sighs) if we had a Dead Sea Scroll hunt? (laughs) So made some copies uh, just of Hebrew pages from an Israeli spy book, actually. But, you know, these kids don't know the difference.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Tore them up, made them look like Dead Sea Scrolls, hit them in the yard. And then, you know, got some some Hebrew alphabet stamps and how everybody stamped their names. So so I'm you know, I've even I've, I've brought it. I brought the copper <laughs> scroll home.
1: Oh, I love it. It's
0: the only thing I know to do.
1: I was not Um, expecting that, but I absolutely love that.
0: (laughs) Totally. I mean, every parent kind of thought, well, what what do we have? Like, let's, let's use this time to kind of teach our kid practical things or, you know, like teach them how to write a check or how to wash a car. And I thought, or the story <laughs> of the finding of the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> like,
1: which is really one of the most important stories uh, and important finds in all of archaeological history. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for me, knowing about the Dead Sea Scrolls really helped me realize that my faith is something that is built on that is unchanged. Right. And, uh, when you can compare the Dead Sea Scrolls to what we have now and realize it's the same thing and that God has protected his word, just like he promised, then our faith is actually built on something real. That's so cool. Totally.
0: And it makes you feel like, um, yeah, just right now, I mean, there's a captive audience out there, people at home, people whose faith maybe hasn't been stirred in a little while and are just like looking at the world around them, trying to figure out what's going on and trying to figure out where God is in it. I mean, we're doing that as believers, but as non-believers, I would think this is a time of real shaking as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I'm glad that we we have a firm foundation in Jesus Christ. And Mm -hmm. I hope and pray that uh, people that don't know him really look hard at their life and say, I need to have Jesus as my foundation for sure.
0: Yeah. And if people are church shopping, you know, now they can just do it kind of comfortably at home for a little bit, Just just dip in and out. (laughs) of those live streams and and find yourself a home church for when this fog lifts. Yeah. Did did your church kind of seamlessly go into uh, streaming or?
1: Yeah, we, it was pretty remarkable. I mean, we never did live streaming before uh, because Mm -hmm. we're one church in five locations and each location has a live preacher. And so rather than recording a video and just playing that, they're preaching the same message, going from the same notes and just personalizing it. But, Uh, we quickly had to be able to make that shift. And within the first week we were up and running and it's just gotten better uh, moving forward, which is really remarkable. I'm really proud of my church. And um, at some point I do feel like I I work in TV and I haven't gotten called to help with that. And I I, I feel a little bit left out, but uh, it's okay. You know, I'm cheering them on. I know what they're going through
0: push the gas pedal at all i I have
1: (laughs) i have offered to help and um i've let them know but hey you're like guys
0: you know this is what i do (laughs) yeah
1: but it's a good thing i'm I'm just really proud of and i send text messages to the guys that i know are on tech team uh, making this actually happen and editing things and putting it together and making it sound good for streaming, which is uh, tricky, and um, being able to do that kind of stuff. Uh, I send them messages all the time because I know what they're doing into it. So, what, what about you guys? How has your uh, church life experience uh, been affected?
0: I think it's like you. I mean, definitely getting better every week. You know, there's there's rusty spots in the beginning. Um, my favorite is that. Last Sunday, so I go to an Anglican Pentecostal church, kind of, <laughs> like it's okay. Anglican, but we do kind of have a charismatic vibe as well. And um, so I loved it because last Sunday, somehow they had gotten each choir member to record a song and send it in via, via Zoom, and they they were able to p- patch them all together. So it was like a full-blown choir anthem mm-hmm. coming in with each individual person on the screen and it felt like um, you know what were those things that people used to like suddenly perform a coordinated dance in like a flash mob. Yes, that's what it felt like. At the very end of the service, we got flash mobbed. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's when I realized, like, we have come alive. Like, we're doing just different things now, just things yeah. even outside of the box, but, but using the tools that we have. But I do hope that we don't all get too used to this, like too yeah. used to doing online church and thinking that that is a substitute for real people and real hugs. Um, yeah. I'm looking forward to, like, going back to... The real life.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Me too. Me too. I mean, there's something about that personal interaction with people that, mm-hmm. I mean, Zoom and Facebook chat and FaceTiming and all that stuff is a good substitute, but it's Absolutely. no substitute for the real thing.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Anybody yeah. who's teaching online right now, you know, who is suddenly kind of, I'm hearing a lot of that from them of just maybe it's okay to be the student and you're just eating Doritos and drinking your diet Coke during class, but to be the teacher and not have body language or facial cues or be able to just like read the room, um, is a pretty painful experience too. Yeah, for sure. sure.
1: (laughs) For sure. But I do love though that the body of Christ has had to become more creative. And as you said earlier, think outside of the box. And Mm -hmm. I know with the, with the work that you're doing, uh, with a Jerusalem connection, what are some of the things that you have had to do outside of the box to still maintain your mission?
0: Right. Well, so thankfully, one of our biggest things is just our YouTube channels. So that was already in place. And I work with two 80-year-old women, so definitely considered high-riskers. And I just can't get them not to come to the office, <laughs> like, no matter how hard I try. So, um, so we've been pretty, pretty operational since the beginning. We're a small office, and so you know we mm-hmm. fit the rule of ten from the very beginning. But one of my colleagues, and he was my my boss for years and years, but his he's in his eighties, and his health has really declined. Mm-hmm. And so he was in assisted living before all of this started. Oh wow! And so now he is just in complete lockdown. I mean every body is stuck in their rooms and it's been this way for a month and it's just breaking my heart. So at first I was just calling him and just feeling terrible for him, but Mm -hmm. it hit me on Easter. Like nobody can stop us from going outside his room and holding up signs and Mm. singing and stuff. So, So my whole family, my four kids, the dog, we all went and just like held up a He Is Risen sign. And I brought the hymnal and we just sang outside and hollered up to him. Other people came to their rooms. And so after that Sunday, we had done it because it was special because it was Easter. But then last Sunday, we thought, you know what? Let's just go back. Let's just do it again. (laughs) So, So we brought a different sign and different songs. And now this coming Sunday, we're getting really creative with it we actually are bringing juggling balls and um, <laughs> so you're
1: providing entertainment for the assisted living community because
0: more and more people are coming to their windows <laughs>
1: <laughs> i love it i love it it's great we
0: brought the karaoke mic this time we also we our dog knows lots of tricks now because we've all been at home able uh-huh. to train him and so we're bringing a hula hoop for the dog to jump through the hula hoop.
1: <laughs> now, this is this is the dog that you brought back from Israel exactly. the last time. Exactly. So yeah. he's
0: a special dog. He's yeah. a special dog. So yeah, just trying to think. I think that's the biggest thing just as an organization, but also just with us structurally is just trying to figure out how to love on people and yeah. not giving up on that, not thinking like, Well, I can't bake people cookies or can't bring them a meal, but there's still other ways that we can social distance and still like show people, show people love.
1: Yeah. My pastor said this and uh, actually another guest recently just uh, reiterated this, that we're supposed to be physically distant. Unfortunately, we're calling everything socially distant, but no, physically distant. (laughs) Yes. Socially distant. No. No. Because there's, there's interaction that needs to happen. God created us to be social people to interact and we just have to be different on how we do that now. That's
0: true. That's true. And yeah, Yeah. this, the, we need to be leaning in socially more now than ever and checking in on people. And that's who, yeah, you're always thinking about. I mean, on, on some levels, there's people that are at home that are getting too much social contact, you know, and not enough privacy. And then. Mm other people like my single friends and stuff that I'm calling and checking in you know that it's it's too much isolation so everybody's kind of in a different a different place and and everybody needs yeah needs to be checked in on for sure. We're I'm just sure. in such a weird time. It's just, it's just such a strange, crazy time. And I think it's okay to say that. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> like, I think everybody agrees no with that. There's no
0: precedent for this. There's no precedent for this.
1: Yeah. At, at, whenever I first started talking on about the coronavirus and stuff and just what's going on in our world with this podcast, you know, I, I want this podcast to be something that people can relate to years from now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, will people remember that? I'm like, absolutely, people are going to remember the months that we have been sheltered inside of our homes and the entire world is going through the same thing, including yes. including in Israel. And I know you, mm-hmm. you kind of have a better idea of the pulse of what's happening there. Can you tell me anything of what's happening
0: yeah, so in Israel, I mean, their measures have been pretty draconian in terms of their their social distancing plan and their flattening of the curve. They're a small country and so 6 million, 7 million people, they have 15,000 cases right now, so sort of the same as the DC DC Nova, Maryland mm-hmm. numbers they have had fewer deaths percentage wise, which I think is just reflective of first world healthcare as well. Right. Um, uh, and just being prepared for the virus and strong leadership. Um, but they, but they've been really harsh in terms of even just, you know, cause it's a Jewish country. And so there's a, this rule of that you have to have 10 people to, to, to form a minion to a group of people that can pray together. And, um, and so even that just and, and Passover happened during mm-hmm. Corona, which Israelis and, and Jewish people don't, don't eat Passover alone or even with their nuclear families, you know, this is a big, big yeah. extended social event. So and now, um, so Passover happened, and and there's some really sweet videos online of of cantors or Israeli Jewish singers going out into the middle of the street and and singing and leading prayers, and people standing on their balconies. I mean, they're great people that have tried to to make the most out of a very unusual situation for a pretty intimate and and close country and their high holidays. Now it's not a religious holiday, but. A Holocaust remembrance day mm-hmm. just happened and so usually there's a lot of ceremonies and a lot of ways that Israelis mark that together. And so they weren't able to do any of that all of that went online. They still did the national siren so which normally is very piercing because there's a siren that goes off all across the country. People get out of their cars, people mm-hmm. all take a moment of silence to remember the 6 million and also think about those that are still surviving and so the the siren happened but the you know the streets were already empty so mm. so there was that and now they're entering into their independence day which is usually like giant celebrations i mean yeah. it's still a pretty pretty young country and 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 gets really high off of their national holidays and so that will they've israel just declared today that that will have to not happen either like no large gatherings obviously so they're starting to ease on restrictions just like we are here and and going to allow the opening of non-essential businesses and things like that soon but having like 15,000 people come watch fireworks or something I mean we're all kind of a long way away from that that stuff happening again. Like it's hard to even imagine that we were like, do you remember when we were knocking on the doors of March Madness? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That just feels like a lifetime away now um, that we used to gather by the thousands and not think about it at all.
1: Yeah. I I pray that we'll get back to a place like that where we can have, you know, Mm -hmm. social gatherings and sporting events. And, you know, I, I, I think we will get to that place again. It's just a matter of how long, and uh, there's going to be some precautions, I'm sure, that that deal with that. But Shelly, what what have you learned from God during this time? What has He been speaking to you during this time?
0: So the thing, the thing that's been loudest to me, and this has always been present in just how I saw Christianity and my own faith walk and my family's walk. But I was told by by a friend who was a Jewish believer, so a Jewish man who was my pastor in Arizona and who but had grew up in an orthodox Jewish home and had become a Christian on his own in his youth Mm -hmm. before his bar mitzvah he he received Christ and so I asked him one time just how how because he was the head of a pretty normal evangelical church not even like a messianic congregation or anything and a really deep pastor and I just asked him one time how how he incorporated things that he learned from his Jewish upbringing and faith into his new, pretty, pretty evangelical family. And he had mm-hmm. married a non-Jewish woman and had had children. And so, um, and I just, it always stuck with me what he said, because he said, look, like Christians and the Christian church are amazing at communal worship. Like we know how to do that. We know how to come together, how to praise God together how to pray together how to learn together we also are really good at enforcing the importance of a personal worship of everyone you know even if even if the discipline of of daily daily prayer and daily bible study isn't in your life you mm-hmm. at least as a christian it's always something that you strive for it's something right. that you know to be right and good in your life and that's preached from the pulpit and there's a million different resources available to you the third pillar of what he said that he pulled from his Judaism from because he didn't feel like it was that strong in Christianity in terms of our habits and rituals was family worship. Mm. He just felt like that wasn't, you know, because of the Sabbath in and Judaism and, and a constant like weekly special meal and, and all of the prayers and rituals that were involved with that for a family unit. Um, That that was something that was really secure in his Jewish upbringing, but but he had to figure out a way to transfer that over to his Christian family. Hmm. And so I've thought about that a lot because suddenly we all had to get very, very good at family worship. Uh, You know, Hmm. our own nuclear families being in our living room, sharing these moments together, trying to hear and listen and see what God's doing during this time and really having mostly just each other to to bounce those thoughts off of. And I mean, look, I'm a mom of, of four, like by no means am I saying that our family worship is always beautiful (laughs) and and that everyone's on point and on focus and, you know, not just like ribbing dancing in the hallways and not paying attention. Like, no, it's, it gets real chaotic sometimes, but I, I appreciate this time to practice that and to get better at it And for even just our own intimacy as a family to be able to just exercise our faith together.
1: That's cool. That's, that's beautiful actually talking about the family aspect of worship, um, the family expression of worship, really. So Mm -hmm. Shelly, where do you see hope for moving forward? Hope for tomorrow?
0: So the hope is that we don't all get too used to this, you know, that (laughs) we all don't just suddenly become hermits in our own cloisters and that because I even have to remind that to myself sometimes when the day goes by fast, I think, oh no, why did it go by fast? Am I getting used to this? Like, am I Hmm. starting to sort of like that maybe I have less social engagements or less social responsibilities, but then I have to remember, no, no, like I didn't choose this. (laughs) The world broke for a minute and the world has chosen this for me, but this still isn't who we are. Like we are still supposed to be out there and engaged with each other and encouraging each other and helping each other and cooking for each other and so I just kind of hope that once the the fog lifts and once we start to inch back towards our normal lives that we can aggressively love each other you know that there won't be any hesitation in that or And certainly no fear, um, which I know who your listeners probably are and who, who you attract. And I don't think you attract a fear-based audience. So it's more just like, how do we walk into that in the world and lead that and be part of it, yeah. um, of just the, the reintroduction of hugs and love and, mm-hmm. and who we are as a, as a faith community in the world?
1: Yeah. So how old are your kids, Shelley?
0: The youngest is five and the oldest is 14. So, so we've got a good range and it's actually, I, you know, my heart goes out to mothers of preschoolers out there right now and stuff. Like, <laughs> my kids are pretty, pretty um, good at entertaining themselves. And they spend a ton of time playing outside and we've done a lot of bike riding. Uh-huh. We put a volleyball net in our front yard and have reinvented that thing every day in terms of like, <laughs> Sometimes it's a boundary for dodgeball. Sometimes it's badminton. Sometimes it's volleyball, you know, so yep. our front yard is like the tackiest looking thing in the neighborhood right now, but it's also having slightly older kids really helps. Like I'm yeah. not, I'm not having to be a cruise director every day or anything. It's okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. That's good. Well, Shelly, thank you so much for allowing me to join you along your way as we're going along the way with this quarantine time
0: thanks i look forward to i know you have good friends so i look forward to hearing their uh their bits of wisdom as well
1: if you want to hear shelly's full episode of along the way i'll be putting a link to that in the show notes along the way is part of the charisma podcast network you can find along the way and many other great charisma podcasts at cpnshows.com Thank you for listening to Along the Way. If you've enjoyed joining me along my way, please share this episode with a friend who you think will be encouraged by this podcast. Also, please rate and review Along the Way on iTunes. That will help more people discover Along the Way. You can subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and through my website, alongtheway.media. I hope that you've enjoyed this part of my journey, and may you realize when Jesus is walking with you along your way. Along the Way is sponsored by Crave Frozen Desserts, which is by far my favorite ice cream. If you're in the Pittsburgh area, then you are in luck. Crave Frozen Desserts is open from 1 p.m. to 9 p.m., Monday through Saturday, and they are located at 751 Pittsburgh McKeesport Boulevard, Dravosburg, PA 15034. I'll put a link to their Facebook page in the show notes and tell them that you heard them from Along the Way.